You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com sermons. Tonight we're in the 44th Psalm. For the first time, we have a psalm that is not ascribed to David. The heading, and again, these headings, older than the time of Christ, taken to be original. It says, to the choir master, a uh, mascal, which often thought to mean a sad song. Uh, if we use sad song for mascal, it works in nearly every time, not, but there's an exception or two. So we're not terribly sure, but a mascal appears to be a type of song, maybe a type of music. And it is of the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah were the Levites who took care of the things of the temple. Uh, the professional musicians and professional singers that the temple uh, put to use under the instruction of David were uh, not exclusively, but nearly exclusively, uh, sons of Korah. Korah himself, their uh, ancestor from which they took their name, uh, Korah himself was the one who led a great rebellion. And um, many of his house were destroyed in it. But uh, some survivors remained and were faithful servants for generations as Levites in the temple. This um, psalm, which uh, my translators have entitled, Come to Our Help, is a psalm of some distress. It's a psalm with some complaints as a lot of psalms have, and if we ever wonder, how, you know, how much can we complain to God? Uh, we know we're not supposed to murmur, right? Don't murmur. Especially, don't go with your friends and neighbors back to your tents and murmur about God's provision. But I think that's a different thing than bringing a concern, maybe even a complaint to God, uh, directly in prayer, not murmuring about it, uh, not keeping it under your breath or spreading sedition, but... God, I expected this from what you said, and I got that. How, how's that working out? Why does that work out that way? But this, um, this song of Korah uh, by somebody who loves the nation, but who recognizes at the time that this is written, they're in hard times and evil days. And they're, they're thinking about that in contrast to the goodness of the God they serve and his historic goodness is brought up. So with that in mind, we have the 44th Psalm. O God, we have heard with our ears. Our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You were with your, with your own hands, you drove out the nations, but them you planted and you afflicted with the peoples, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did they with their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. So God, you gave us this land. We didn't get it by our own strength. We didn't get it by our own sword. You drove them out. Uh, that line, you drove them out, is used by Stephen in Acts 7 
and verse 45. When Stephen rehearsed the history of the people, he said, our fathers in turn brought them, talking about the uh, tabernacle, brought it uh, with them, with Joshua, when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before them, before our fathers. So Stephen alludes to this verse. So we have the goodness of God in times past. Verse 4, you are my king, O God. Ordain salvation for Jacob. Through you we push down our foes. Through your name we tread down those who rise up against us. For not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me. Like that uh, proverb that says, the horse is prepared for battle, but the victory is the Lord's. No, not in my own bow and not in my own sword. But you have saved us from our foes. And have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually. And we will give thanks to your name forever. And then we have that word that means pause for a bit. Selah. Well that just means pause to meditate or pause for a musical interlude. We're not sure. But every time we see word pause like that. Selah. Just think about what was said. It was by God. Not by us. But now. But you have rejected us. And disgraced us. And have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe. And those who hate us have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for the slaughter. And have scattered us among the nations. You have sold our people for a trifle. Demanding no high price for them. You have made us the taunt of our neighbors. The derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughingstock among the people. All day long my disgrace is before me, and shame has covered my face at the sound of the taunter and the reviler, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger. Yeah. So it's not gone well, has it? I, I, I heard and I believed what you did for our fathers and how you gave us this nation and made us, but... Lord, of late, it really hasn't been that way, has it? Well, we know there's times in Israel where they didn't prosper, where enemies ran rampant through the country. And he says about us, and I think he may be, I don't know if he's speaking of the nation generally, I think, maybe not, but thinking of the righteous people that he's with, those sons of Korah, those faithful Levites, who there's a generally a pretty good record of them all through the Old Testament record. Verse 17, he speaks of their faithfulness. All this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you. And we have not been false to your covenant. Our hearts have not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in the place of jackals. And covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God. Or spread out our hands to a foreign God. Would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Yet for your sake. We are being killed. All the day long. And we are regarded as sheep. To be slaughtered. Now does that last bit ring a bell? Romans 8. In Romans 8, that verse is quoted by the Apostle Paul. Romans 8, beginning in verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, we just read where it was written. For your sake we are being killed all day long, and we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And so this psalm, just like that passage in Romans, has been a, that's been a favorite reading from the New Testament for those under persecution and trial and distress. And this psalm has likewise been a favorite reading of Christians in times of persecution. And so here are the ones of God who have been faithful. He says, we've not been idolaters. We've not been untrue to the covenant. We've not served anybody but you. And for those that he speaks of, that is almost certainly true. But they're in a nation. They're religious leaders of a nation who has done all of that in abundance. And through the history of Israel, they did it many times. And so the punishments that fell on the nation generally fell as well upon these righteous ones who tended to God's temple. And so then we leave with an earnest entreaty to God. Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Don't we normally think, normally if we say, we have an awake passage, we think about Ephesians. It's time for the sleeper to awaken, come to the Lord. Here it's the righteous saying, Lord, would you please awaken? Rouse yourself. Don't reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our afflictions and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. There's that Hesa, that covenant love. This writer is asking God to remember his covenant. And he says, I, those with me, we have faithfully remembered your covenant. Please remember what you promised us too. There are times when this is all we can do in deep distress, in times of what seems like utter rejection in the world, without the providential protections of God and all the blessings that had surrounded us over years past and that we seek again. There's times when this is the only kind of psalm you can sing. And so the psalmist gives it to us. And God, by inspiration, has it included. And don't think this is too much of a complaint or too disrespectful of God to to bear or include. Who's the one that inspired it and put it in the holy book? God put it here. And so... As someone pointed out before the uh, class tonight, in our hymnals, we have so many happy songs. We don't have that many that deal with distress. We don't have that many that deal with these unpleasant subjects. But we need to know this is here. I hope that you don't need to go home tonight and recite this psalm. I hope that your life is not such that you would read each one of these lines and say, Amen. Oh, that's me. Yes, God... This person has it exactly. But if your life is like that, this is the way to solve it. By making such a plea to God, asking for God to come and do what he's promised, as you depend on him in faith. Trusting faith in God does not mean we always think everything that's ever happened is rosy and happy, right? It's a dependence upon God that saves, not a cheerful disposition. And so sometimes we are depressed and we're in anguish and we're made sad.
And all we can say is awake, Lord, and come and rescue. And as we do that, must make sure that it's in a trusting faith. Let's also, though, have a trusting faith that blesses God and counts our many blessings and gives to him thanks and praise for the great and marvelous things that he's done so that we, we don't pull the trigger on this one prematurely, right? This is almost one of those breaking case of emergency psalms. But there are some emergency days. And it's good to know that those are there when you need it. So with that then, with, that, with the same kind of hope that this one had in God and the goodness that he's shown and the goodness he would expect God to show again, let's move forward. Hopefully our days are cheer, more cheerful than this right now. Uh, but in all things, whether circumstances before us, against us, uh, let us have this psalm in our heart. And in the New Testament, this psalm is quoted again for us, talking about the love of Christ, even when it would seem that all the world's against us. So with that, the 44th Psalm. If you can't remember that one, we need to go to Romans 8 and look up the reference for the quote at the end. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available online at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.